County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome to Where We Landed. I'm Scott Miller, owner of Bowman Construction, and I'm one of the hosts today. Joining me as hosts today are Iris Brunner with Family Services Society. hey And Kylie Jackson with the Chamber of Commerce. Hey, everybody. Before we jump into our guest today, I want to get to know you guys a little bit better. So we're going to do a would you rather. Would you rather be 11 feet tall or nine inches tall? Iris, go first. Oh, that's a good one. I'm definitely going to go with 11 feet tall. I'm going to have to do a lot of ducking, but I can get stuff off the top of the refrigerator. So, As a basketball coach, I think I'm also going to go with the 11 feet tall. Nine inches wouldn't get you far in the basketball court. So so I think we're going to go with that. Any gonna, other ones? I'm going to just be contrary, and I'm going to go with nine inches because you can be really sneaky. Ooh. And then I've got you guys. Oh. I've got you guys to just pick me up in your hand and put me places. <laughs> perfect, oh perfect. Well, we're really excited to have Michelle Doyle here as our guest today. Michelle is a partner with the architectural firm Halstead Architects. Halstead has offices in Marion, Indiana and Indianapolis, Indiana. And so welcome, Michelle. We all have landed somewhere and we're very happy that Michelle landed here. Michelle, welcome and please share your story of how you landed here. Well, thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, Scott had asked me to start at birth, but I think that might be a little bit uh, overwhelming. So I I think I'll just go from college. And uh, in 2009, I finished my undergrad degree and I spent a little bit of time in Dallas, Texas, which I loved living there, working at Habitat for Humanity, building homes. And uh, so that experience kind of led me to, you know, continue on my architecture career and I got my master's degree and afterwards I I really wanted to find a place that I could call home that I felt really comfortable in and could just uh, you know spend a lot of time and I wasn't sure that it was Marion honestly um, when I started my employer at that time Halstead Architects Mike Halstead they offered me a position to lead the Marion office I'd never been to Marion I didn't know anything about it um, and funny story, I actually missed my first interview. Uh, <laughs> and still got the job. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because, uh, you know, I was interviewing for a position in Marion. And so I thought the interview would be in Marion. And so I showed up at the Marion office for my 10 a.m. interview. And there was no one there. <laughs> well, you showed up. Maybe they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I called Mike and I'm like, hey, I'm here for my interview. No one's around. And he was like, no, no, we're all here. We're upstairs. And I'm like, no, <laughs> the door's locked. And uh, he was like, well, are you in the Fountain Square office? I was like, no, I'm in the Marion office, you know, where I'm interviewing for a position. <laughs> so uh, we ended up having to reschedule that. But I did have some time to drive around the community and get a better sense of it. So that was a nice little uh, introduction. And I obviously ultimately got the job because here I am. Uh, and so when I took it, I kind of thought it was a stepping stone. Okay, I'm going to start in Marion, then I'm going to go to Indy because I pictured myself as living in a, a bigger city than Marion. Um, but once I got here, the people were just so great. 
the community was so loving. I felt like there was a lot of really good opportunities here. Um, and I was really enjoying kind of running my own office, that too. Uh, and so it was just, it was a really good experience. I made some friends, got involved in Grant County Young Professionals, which is pretty much how I met everybody. Um, and it was just a really good experience. And once I got sort of settled here and started growing my practice and everything like that, I, you know, we bought a house and I moved my now husband up here and we just decided to start a family here and stay. So it's been a great experience. Well, tell us a little bit about your family. So you mentioned you've got a husband. Yes, so yes, tell us a, I do. A little bit more. Uh, his name's Kevin, and he's a great cook, as most of my friends <laughs> can tell you. <laughs> I don't cook at all, so I'd be much skinnier if he wasn't in my life. <laughs> Saturdays at the Doyles, you're never hungry. <laughs> yes, yes. He, he doesn't eat either. So he just cooks, like, what? ridiculous amounts of food. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, here you go. And he'll, like, go to the other room. Yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so share so, a little bit more also about, well, first of all, so I also have two children. I was going to say, <laughs> that's pretty critical. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I have two nine-month-old boys, Elijah and Finley. That's and awesome. they are really cute and <laughs> cool most of the time. And uh, sometimes a little bit grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> starting to be mobile. Yes, so starting to be world. mobile. They were, they've really found this new game in the last week where they can crawl and chase things. So in addition to crawling after me, they love crawling after our little dog, Maya, <laughs> who's 13 pounds. So, you know, half the size of them, <laughs> uh, but much quicker. Yeah, so the, the honeymoon's over, huh? Yes. <laughs> yep, they're on the move. Yeah, on the move. For so sure. walk us through also your educational background. So, you know, you, you went to high school in southern Indiana, which I, I think is growing up in a smaller town, right? And then what did you do after high school? Yeah, so uh, I, actually, I'll, I think I'll back up one more step <laughs> um, because I think that it's nice. I, I was actually born in Lafayette. Spent my first two days uh, sleeping in a dresser drawer, so that might explain a few things. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> my parents were getting ready to move, and uh, I came a little early, so you know, nice surprise. And anyway, I made it to Southern Indiana. I grew up on a farm, and so we were always building stuff at my house. I was telling Scott earlier that my mom built us a new playset probably every two years. I had at one point three different play areas. I had a tree house. I had sort of a, a jungle gym with multi layers, a fire pole, a train that you could sit in and drive. And then I had a, a two story playhouse where we could have sleepovers on the upstairs and there was even like a trap door that you could put in so you'd be extra safe up there and some windows so you could do a little drive-through restaurant orders and oh yeah my gosh. So, that is so awesome <laughs> so, so do you do you think those things like were your drive yeah, to become an architect? Yeah, I, I think so, because I just saw my mom building stuff all the time. She likes to build stuff. My dad does too, but he builds more practical things like <laughs> barns. <laughs> and uh, so I was always around that sort of, uh, oh, you have a dream? Let's, let's just build it. And so I think that kind of led to me getting into architecture in, in some ways. I didn't realize it at the time, um, but, you know, just having that idea of, oh, you have an idea, let's build it, let's make it a reality. And then as I got into school, I started taking some engineering classes, decided that maybe I'm not quite that nerdy. 
And uh, <laughs> I took an architecture class in the end and I just loved it. And immediately, like a month into the class, I, in, or I applied to architecture school and got in and the rest is history, so. And you did your undergraduate at Ball State? I did my undergraduate at Ball State, yes. Back to your question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then you also got a graduate degree. Yes, yeah, to uh, be licensed at the time, you had to have a master's degree. So I did my undergraduate four years, and then I did a year doing AmeriCorps with Habitat for Humanity in Dallas, Texas. Love that experience. Back to building again. Yeah. Uh, I will say that it was a little hot, so <laughs> maybe not my best hour. I'm not really into hot or dirty. Uh, <laughs> that, that was, those are some real sticking points with working on a construction site or working on a farm. Yeah. People always made fun of me. It would be 100 degrees and I had gloves on. <laughs> a little Sheldon Cooper. <laughs> You're like, no, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Don't get dirty. That's right. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so then I came back, did my master's degree at Ball State, and uh, graduated in the recession. So that's always lovely. Spent a little time, as most successful people do, living at their parents' house. <laughs> yes. And uh, trying to figure in the best job, and that was it. Yeah, we all have to do that, uh, you know, return to the parent tour <laughs> yes. at some point, right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. One thing that you had shared with me that you also spent time out of the country um, mm -hmm. and had lived. Um, in South America, I believe. And so walk us through, like, how did you get to South America <laughs> and, and what was the time like there? Sure. Uh, so when I was younger, I feel like everything goes back to when I was younger. <laughs> uh, I must have had great parents. We had foreign exchange students when I was in high school. And so the first foreign exchange students we had were from Brazil, um, Jose and Stephanie. And they were just really great and we had a really close connection. And so I spent a summer after I graduated undergrad living there. And so I just kind of moved in with them and we stayed, I stayed with, I mean, they were obviously two different families. So I stayed with one part-time, one the other time and we traveled around. We went to Rio de Janeiro and different sites in Sao Paulo. We went up to the countryside uh, on some, they have some mountain homes. You know, because people in other countries, they just have homes everywhere. <laughs> so we went to their beach home, we went to their farm home, we went to their mountain home. There were a lot of home tours. Uh, I actually offended somebody there who tried to give me a job. So that was uh, super interesting because I'm not very good at Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would your favorite thing about Brazil have been? So as you were spending time there, was there anything as you look back and, and think about that time you'd say, man, I love this? I feel like my might be a broken record because uh, everything in my life seems to boil down to people and buildings. Mm -hmm. And so I just loved the people in Brazil. They were, I, I thought the people in Grant County were nice, but the people in Brazil are next level nice. <laughs> I mean, they just really care about you and they're just very loving, sweet people. And so I love that. It was a great experience. I also did a summer when I was in college. Um, it was called at Cap Americana Sur. And we did a tour in Argentina, Uruguay, and Chile. So we spent a little bit of summer just traveling around to those countries and looking at the architecture there. And so that was a really great experience too. So Michelle, you said something earlier um, when you, you said you took the job here and it was meant to be a stepping stone. Yes. Uh, what, what was that initial dream? What was that initial thought process? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, my initial dream was, uh, you know, like some, some young people who think, yeah, 
I just want to like move around everywhere. I want to live in all these big cities. I want to work on these big firms. I want to, you know, design a really cool skyscraper and have everybody live in it. And then I realized that it's not any different designing a skyscraper and designing, you know, a, a two-story building. The end result is how it affects the people that are in it. And in some ways you affect the people a lot more in your two-story building because it's a lot more personal than you do in a skyscraper where you're constantly having tenants move in and out and it's a lot more commercial developer focused. And so once I got a little more mature and started realizing those things and started realizing that I don't necessarily like to move around everywhere. I like the thrill of that, which is great for you know visiting, yeah. traveling, um, but to just have people that I can call that I know are gonna be there or um, just having a, a little bit of stability, I think that was really a, a differentiating factor. Plus my husband hates to travel and he hates big cities. Uh, so, you know, there was that balance too. Uh, so maybe a follow-up to that too. Um, you talk about feeling more personal in those projects. Have you had a project here locally that you could share where you feel like you've had like a personal experience like that? Or has there ever been like a follow-up with somebody that's been like, oh, you know, now I'm, I'm here, or this is how this has personally affected me. Do you have a story like that? Sure, yeah, I think every project has a little bit of that, but I'll tell one of my recent projects, and I guess it's not that recent anymore, maybe 2019, we did the Tucker tenant build out for uh, Charmaine and Susie and all of those yeah. guys over at Ridley Tower. And that was just a great experience because we were able to, you know, just listen to their needs. We were working in a historic building. I'm really passionate about historic buildings. And they were just like super excited about everything. They wanted they wanted an open office feel, but they wanted personal offices because they deal with a lot of um, you know, private information. Yeah. And so we were able to put in some glass storefront and that sort of thing. And just the way that we work through that experience and interacting back and forth through the different layouts, uh, we actually became really good friends after that. And so I think that's one of my favorite parts of designing is that you get a design for somebody else. You give them a building where afterwards they contact me you know, regularly, they're like, we just love our space. It works for us. It was exactly what we had envisioned when we didn't even know what we were doing. And then we, on the other side, we have the personal relationship where now we like go to lunch and have a friendship. Yes. And so it's just like, it's perfect for me. I just love it. I love that. I love yeah. to hear that. Yeah, I do too. Michelle, you were talking about um, the, the experience that you maybe learned about yourself wanting to feel more stability and maybe not move around all the time. What else have you kind of learned about yourself personally, um, you know, since since settling here in Grant County? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with me growing up. Um, so, you know, when you're younger, you have maybe flashy dreams that you've seen on TV, and then you realize that those are really great for your Instagram pictures, but maybe <laughs> not necessarily how you want to live and spend your day. Yeah. And so something I discovered that was really important to me was a good work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And so I have that in, our, that's our company culture. We're really good about that. You know, we have some flexible summer hours. And so uh, frequently I'll have like three day weekends and go down to our river cabin and just spend more time with nice. uh, family and friends. And so I really like that, that's a positive. Mm -hmm. And then I've of course learned some negatives about me <laughs> as well. Uh, that's part of the growing up is that you have to learn about the positives and the negatives and um, 
particularly managing an office, it's hard sometimes because I have a really high expectation for myself of, you know, a lot of perfection perfectionist tendencies. And so projecting that on other people is sometimes unfair. And so you have to really work to balance that. And also for anybody who knows me very well knows I'm very uh, candid. <laughs> and uh, so also trying to say the right things or at least not offend people <laughs> with how you say it because design can be pretty personal I mean you're working with other people you're designing uh, their dreams you're working with other people in your office and so when somebody brings you a you know their first design you don't want to say oh that's a terrible idea <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the sugar coat it a little yeah, bit yeah but sometimes it is a terrible idea and you know sometimes it's a better idea than I would have thought yeah. of so it's a it's a balance and it's trying to figure out how to help people grow and to grow in a positive way rather than to I never want to be the person that brings people down and that's never my intention with my words like I do care a lot about people but sometimes how I come across isn't how I intend to come across mm -hmm. and so as I've gotten older I've had to try to learn to um, project myself in the way that I really feel and not the way that uh, sometimes what I say might elude you to. <laughs> I'm curious it's one of the things that we want to do with where we landed is is add some value to the community and mm -hmm. one of the things that I'd love to know is some of your favorite podcasts so as an architect Maybe you have some podcasts that people might be able to listen to and, and uh, just get a little bit of a feel for what, what's interesting to you. Sure. Well, there's really only one podcast I listen to. Besides this one. Besides this yeah. one. This yeah. one is going on my uh, list. She's going to hit the little plus sign. <laughs> yes. She's going to add us. I'm excited. I'm excited. I listen to The Life of an Architect, mm. which is a very good podcast. I'd encourage you all to check it out. Um, and it's just... It's, I love the way they talk. I love the topics that they talk about. It's just a, a really positive um, experience. I just really like it. And they always end their podcast with a, kind of a question of the day or would you rather sort of thing. And so that's kind of fun because you get to learn a little bit about the hosts along the way too. So you get your architectural content, you know, arguing about the big issues in the industry and then you uh, kind of end with something fun. So I really like that. So here's an architectural question for you. Uh, so would you rather, so it's a would you rather, well, would you rather live in a cave or would you rather live in a tree house? And if so, why? Ooh, okay. Two okay, two parter. Yeah. Well, whew, it's pretty early in the morning for this. Yeah. So as long as we're not in the apocalypse, I qualify it with that. <laughs> I'm gonna pick a tree house. In the apocalypse, you know, the cave offers a sense of stability, you know, maybe I'm gonna survive the bombings or yeah. something like that. But it, as far as quality of life, think of the tree house. You get a lot of fresh air, nice ventilation, good sunshine. You can design a shading system so you have a nice little porch. Bug um, net. Yeah, bug net, <laughs> amazing view. <laughs> Plus, I mean, I just I love tree houses. They're amazing. <laughs> I have this grove of pine trees behind our river cabin, and it's my dream to build an amazing tree house back there. I'm gonna say for my kids. So, <laughs> so, let, <laughs> so let's go a little further with that though. Like what type of tree and where where would it be? Like Ooh. geographically. 
Oh, the hard hitting questions today. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't even know that I was going to pick anywhere in the world. It doesn't have to be uh, yeah. plausible, really. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it's going to be my retirement treehouse. Yeah. So uh, Kevin and I have talked about retiring uh, in the winter in Brazil. Wow. So I think uh, we have a little mountainside town. It's really nice uh, with a little lake and some sauna. Uh, yeah, I can have a treehouse sauna. I Absolutely. think so. Uh, this is part of the dream. You're an architect. You can yes. do it. Yes. And it's your retirement home. So you've got like a levee system to just pull you right That's up. Right. right. You don't have to climb any ladders. In yeah. Oh, certainly not. It's going to be a platform so I can roll my wheelchair up there. <laughs> We're going to have to have a mechanical system or at least train a monkey to start pulling the, the rope. Uh, but I think I think that the, in the ideal situation, the treehouse is going to be in multiple trees because it's going to be a connected system. Because oh. if you have one tree, you're really limited to you know sort of your span. And if I'm talking retirement, that means I'm going to be living 100% full time with someone in this treehouse. <laughs> she said, "Go to your room." <laughs> uh, maybe people are even visiting me, yeah. and uh, I just. I love people. I didn't grow up with a lot of privacy or boundaries, but I'm thinking if I'm designing a treehouse, maybe I want it to be bigger than 10 by 10 yeah. if I'm yeah. going to live in it. So it's going to be a multi-tree system. It's interesting. Um, back in 2018, I think I had a chance to travel out to Seattle, and there's actually just north of Seattle, I think, a place called Snoqualmie, which they actually have a treehouse like built uh, there are multiple tree houses, like a little village out there for vacation. So if anybody's interested in a, in a great vacation destination, <laughs> uh, just north of Seattle, I believe it's called Snoqualmie. So well, it, now, so now I have that to, to add to my list. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. there's a show I've, I've watched a couple times. I think it's on HGTV. Treehouse Masters. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard of it. <laughs> I've got every episode TiVo. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so that, I don't care for the host, but you know, <laughs> I mean, if I were watching it, I wouldn't have cared for the host. But the, the is it because house, you want to be the host? Well, <laughs> I mean, if you can do something better, why not do it? <laughs> but the treehouse quality is pretty cool. Yeah, share your age with us, and and maybe and when I say Scott, that, I you never ask a lady how know, old she is. Uh, I know, I know. But your your age and and what about that makes it unique in Grant County? You know, as far as the things that you can do um, and the people that you can interact with, um, and then how long you've been at Halstead? How about I'm in my 30s? Yes. <laughs> Early 30s. I'll narrow it down to a, I would say mid 30s, <laughs> but I'll narrow Fair it down enough. to a decade for you. <laughs> Fair enough. Yes, I started at Halstead in 2013, and I think the best part about my age living in Grant County and I would say it's a combination of my age and not being from here is that I have a different perspective on the, the area. When I first moved here, there was a little bit of trouble that I had with people who grew up here having a very negative perspective. And so they're like, oh, there's nothing to do here. Our economy's dead. You know, they had a lot of um, hurt feelings from when a lot of the factory and manufacturing closed and that, that's understandable but I think at some point you have to move on from that and say okay well we have other opportunities here there it's not a single dimension and so I think being from the outside and being younger um, it's helped me see some of those opportunities and helped with some of our clients that we've worked with to, you know, bring a lot of different um, businesses and uh, renovations to the area and right now 
We have almost $20 million worth of construction going on in our downtown Marion area. And people are saying, okay, we don't have anything going on here. I mean, that's that's false. Yeah. And there's so much going on here. There's a, a coffee shop. There's uh, the Kingdom with their nighttime concerts. I mean, there's, there's the concerts in Modder Park, which uh, the park itself is amazing. Yeah. You know, the walkway of lights, there's just a lot of really op good opportunities here for a mid-sized city. And the, the great thing is that we have such a history. We have a great historic building stock that we have awesome opportunities for redevelopment. Mm -hmm. And just all it takes is a little bit of vision and you're there. And so I think that um, my partner, Mike, and I have both had that sort of perspective when we're coming up and um, investing in the community and uh, doing different things in that manner. And so it's just been really great. We have a downtown river. We have a, a trail that's, you know, pretty good, but it could be connected. I mean, we have opportunity is what I'm saying. We have, That's what you have. We have assets and we have vision. And so all we need is, you know, some more execution. And we just have the, the start of an amazing community. I just know it. The Community Foundation of Grant County is pleased to sponsor the first 12 episodes of Where We Landed. The mission of the Community Foundation of Grant County is to connect people, resources, and causes to promote sustainable impact towards a betterment of Grant County. We're pleased to record all of these amazing stories from our community and support the Where We Landed team in making this happen. Michelle, if you had an opportunity, um, if somebody is coming through Grant County or driving through for the first time, you know, as someone that's very much interested in historical buildings, yeah. where would you tell, like, what building would be the one you'd like, you need to see this one? <laughs> Drive by this one. Which one would it be? Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's hard because I love so many buildings. The courthouse is obviously mm -hmm. very nice on the outside. I think the inside's been chopped up a little bit that it could be better. Mm -hmm. um, my personal favorite building at the moment is the lobby of Ridley Tower, if we're mm -hmm. talking a historic building. Yeah. the um, That space is just awesome because when we went into it, the columns were all painted. They're actually scagliola, which looks like marble for anybody who's not an architect. Uh, the floor is marble. The wainscoting is marble. It has a historic bank teller station. And uh, it's just really cool to kind of see that flash back to the to the amazing days of Marion when there was so much money they were just cladding buildings in marble <laughs> and uh, to have that restored in any manner I think is a great asset for the community and the fact that we have a seven-story building in a mid-sized town like this is just really awesome too. Yeah, I don't feel very qualified to give like the history of that building, but um, <laughs> if you have an opportunity to go in and look at that it is gorgeous, it's beautiful. Um, it's, it now houses an ice cream shop and a really cool puzzle place, so you can go in there at any time um, and see it. But it was historic, like what I remember, it was a, a bank for yeah. as long as I can remember. So, and it's definitely, it is breathtaking, so. You know, the cool thing about that building is we have pictures of it being constructed. Oh. And which we're planning to hang. Uh, at some point. What are the dates on those? Do you know? Uh, you 1917. 1917. When, it, when they started construction, they finished in 1918. Mm. 
see so much useless wow. knowledge floating up here. <laughs> I knew you would know the answer. I knew it. But they actually used horses to build <laughs> yeah. that building, which is so cool to just see all this ramp system of how they were using horses to pull in this material. They had an on-site concrete mixing because the building's made of concrete. Yeah. And so they had like a tower for like the water and, you know, getting all of the concrete around. It's just so cool. There's so many people walking around that construction site because just think how hard it is to build a building, how hard it is to build a seven-story building, and how hard it is to build a seven-story building without modern construction <laughs> materials <laughs> or construction equipment. I mean, you really just have a bunch of like hard-headed guys out there and some horses, and they're like, we're going to make this happen. <laughs> and Bowman Construction actually say, built it. I was going to yeah. say, I think there was a really good firm that had yeah. built it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. back in the day. I, if you look closely at the picture, you can see Scott out there swinging his hammer. <laughs> yeah. Back in 1918. Yeah. On the back of a horse. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need that recreated. Yeah. If, if you were going to tell something, following up a little bit on Iris's questions, if somebody were driving through, what are the fun things in town here or in the community that you might recommend first-timers to, to be sure that they, they partake in? Uh, definitely going to Matter Park, and, and that used to be a zoo, I don't know, for anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> and uh, they recreated it into a park, and it's amazing. They have just, it was voted like top 10 parks in Indiana, mm -hmm. and so there's a really beautiful garden, there's a butterfly garden, there's some nice shelter that you can have, I believe there's a community garden where they grow some plants that people can use. There's just acres and acres of trees and grass and park trail. The river actually comes up to a section of it. Um, so there's that ambiance. It's just Event perfect. Space, yeah. yeah, there's an amphitheater. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, softball fields. I mean, it's just, it's an amazing park. Every time I take somebody there, they're just amazed by how big and beautiful it is. And so hats off to the city of Marion for maintaining that and providing that service. Pull over and park on that one for a minute. So it used to be a zoo. When yes. did that? When did that? Ha like when was that? Do you have any I, idea? On the I would tell you on that? prior to 2013. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was like 2012. But you can, you can actually <laughs> see if you pay attention. Like some of the old enclosures are built really? into the sides of the hill, so you can see. I'm gonna say the bear enclosure, but yeah. I don't really know if they had bears. Yeah, they you did. Can, there was a bear. Yeah. There are yeah. pictures. Um, yeah. If you're in the garden house, there are pictures on the walls yeah. of of the zoo and the train that went around yeah. and all it used that. Used to be a giant. Oh, there was a train. It was and a pool. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't too long ago because. <laughs> There are people I know that remember. I mean, there are probably people listening to the podcast now. They're like, well, yeah, that was Duh. my childhood. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really like the look of bewilderment on your face right now, Scott. Yeah, I wish our listeners could see this. I love Zoo. And I can't let this opportunity to pass that I think that from now on and every every episode we do, you need to say pull over and park on that one. <laughs> that's, that's your, that we have now coined you with your, your term. Catchphrase. <laughs> well, I learned something today. So that was, that's really good. That's, that's got great. sticky note moment. Um, yeah. <laughs> if you had a tip of the day for our listeners, is there anything that you would say, here's my tip of the day to people um, here, whether it's here locally or somewhere throughout the state or somewhere in the United States. What's your tip sure. of the day? Well, I can say that this is something that I tell myself all the time because it's really easy to not do. Um, but I think the, the tip of the day would be to never be too busy to listen to others. Oh. And so I think that's, that's really 
great. It, you know, giving people time makes them feel important. It also helps you because you might learn something that you might not hear if you're not actively listening. And so particularly in my office, I work in an open office. And so sometimes I struggle, I get into my zone and people might, you know, want to talk to me about something. And so to take time to actually listen and uh, that it doesn't always have to be 100% what you're working on. You can, you always have time for other people. Same as like your friend, you know, your friend calls you up, you're really busy with something, but you know, take five minutes to talk to them. And it, it just makes a big difference in people's life. It makes a big difference in your life. Uh, and the same with, you know, just smiling with somebody when you see them on the street. Yeah. I hate when people put their heads down when they're walking down the street <laughs> and they come to somebody. Like, why is that our society? Just yeah. smile at them or say, how are you? Mm -hmm. You know, just something to engage. I think that's a real downfall to how we're living today. One of the other things that I wanted to give you a chance to do, so we work with you, and we're working with you right now on a project, but the opportunity for you, I'll call it a shameless plug, <laughs> your opportunity to share a little bit about Halstead, what you do here in the community, and how our community can help your business grow here um, and be successful and thriving. Because I think what you do, if you're successful, really the whole region becomes successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, we do commercial architecture. So sorry for all of our residential design enthusiasts, okay. but we do a lot of multifamily housing. We do a lot of school work. We do a lot of religious and community-based work. Um, doing two historic preservation projects in downtown right now. So we're working on the Gallatin Apartments, which is across the street from the post office. We're finishing up work on Ridley Tower. That's the seven-story building downtown. We're doing a facade renovation at Cary Services. We're doing, and we're in design. We actually have some, a couple healthcare centers we're working on, um, a school, uh, the Pat McAfee studio. So there's another podcast. What? Yeah, so we're actually what? working on that here in the Marion office. We're working on the Pat maybe McAfee studio. Maybe we can studio. get Pat to listen to ours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe a, a little follow back. <laughs> uh, and so I just, I'd really like to break into the school market a little bit more here locally because we do a lot of schools in Indianapolis and haven't been able to reach the schools here. So I think that that's a great opportunity for us as well as just, you know, regular business. So anybody who needs commercial design, we do it all. And uh, I promise you that we always strive to do it right. I don't like taking shortcuts. It, that probably goes back to my perfectionist uh, part of me. And so I always just try to you know, give 110% to any client and make sure that I understand what they need so that I can give them a building that makes their life a little bit better every day. Yeah, the projects that we've worked with you on, your follow-up is outstanding i think that's such a big deal is how do you communicate with people and and uh and in the follow-up so you get you guys do a great job thank you um we we started the podcast off you know so you're what i would call a transplant to grant county how do you make friends here so as somebody who was brand new to the community how do you make a friend in grant county yeah i think that can be hard for people um especially if you're not very outgoing because it's easy when you're in college, right? You go to a party, you live down the street from someone. I mean, you just make friends and friends and friends. And when I came down here, the thing that really helped me make friends was the Grant County Young Professionals Group. And that kind of died off during the pandemic, but I think that it's uh, slated to come back. And so that 
I can't speak high, highly enough of that group. And I tell people about it all the time because I get that question. Uh, I don't know how I find myself in these situations, but I just, people who are new to the community, they just find me <laughs> and they're like, hey, you know, do you, you know, I need to make some friends here. Do you know anybody that needs friends? I mean, that's not what they're saying, but I feel like that's what they're saying. And uh, and so I always, uh, for the last year and a half, I've had a little bit of a struggle because I always point people to that group. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, join a board. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the United Way or Chamber of Family Services would love to have you. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah. yeah, I just met somebody like three weeks ago who just moved to the community and uh, they've only been here three weeks and they already said, you know, maybe we'll make this our forever home. We really Yay. like it here. That's so awesome. I think it's something to do with uh, with the air and the people here. So the more people I can make friends, <laughs> then the more people stay in Grant County more we can and uh, we grow and we prosper. Well, so. and you're absolutely right with that, Michelle, too, because that's what we always talk about. It's like we're, we crave social connection. Yeah. And if people don't feel connected to the community and they don't feel like they have that social group, I mean, the first brand new shiny thing that pops up, they're going to go, right? So yeah. and I think that's important. I think that's hard too, or maybe something for people who have lived here a long time to think about mm -hmm. was because when I first moved here, all the people that were from here, you know, they already had friends. They were, they were not interested in having new friends, mm -hmm. you know? And so most of my friends that I have here are not actually from Marion. There are people who also moved here and were looking for that connection. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a good, good for everyone to think about how to be more welcoming to the community. Cause I really did notice that when I went to different groups or activities that the people who had grown up around each other, they were always off in the corner talking to each other. They were never the person that came up to the newbie and said, hey, who are you? Or something like that. And despite the fact that I feel like I'm pretty sociable, I can be kind of shy when I first meet people. I don't know if it's my anxiety or what. Uh, and so it was really hard for me to learn to be the person that goes up to people and talks to you and says, hey, I'm Michelle, <laughs> do you want to be my friend? <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, some people, you know, there's a way to go about things where you are at least projecting a feel of openness or uh, communication or something. And I didn't feel that when I first moved here with the people that were from here. I'm really connected with people who were not from here. And then uh, over the last eight years, I've kind of hammered my way into some of the hometown people's hearts, I think. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's, that's just my perspective. But I think, you know, like you said, making friends and being connected, that's part of the charm of the town. Yeah. One of the ways that we got to know each other was through a group called Rotary mm -hmm. um, and some of the service projects that we've, that we've been able to do here in town together. Um, and, and I've enjoyed getting to know you uh, through Rotary. Um, one of the, th the things that we do is uh, to raise some funds for, for different organizations is the Project 1812 mm -hmm. where, where we actually make pork chops over a heated grill first week of october fire pit, yeah. <laughs> and so it's coming soon um but you know are there other things in the community that you've gotten involved in from a service standpoint in addition to rotary 
Sure. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm on a lot of boards and that just kind of happens, I think, as you get more involved in the community. Like I'm on the YMCA board, so I've met a lot of people through there. I also think it's a great program because you're, you know, it's a community based uh facility and you're trying to help kids and give them a place to go and so that's a great mission and great people that's really nice um i'm on the chamber board so i've met a lot of people sort of business-minded people through that um my husband is a special needs teacher and so i've met several people through the school system and um that sort of thing and so i think the school system is kind of funny because both that and the universities i think have their own little groups and so it's kind of uh, interesting breaking into that culture. Uh, speaking of, I adjunct teach at Indiana Wesleyan sometimes, so I have a, my tentacles over there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so just trying to, I'm always open for boards that are trying to improve Marion and reach the people and improve like the downtown space. So I've worked with the city a lot on some grant applications and that sort of thing. Uh, the mayor appointed me last week to the Board of Zoning Appeals, so I might lose a few friends under, <laughs> over that. <laughs> yeah. When you want to ch challenge the city regulations, then uh, and I say no, then you know that might be a, a couple that I lose. But you know, you win some, you lose some. So it's just uh, it's it's great. Uh, I love it. I love my neighborhood. My neighborhood's very friendly. Uh, yeah. so. Perfect segue. I was totally going to ask you, because like you did a project in your neighborhood, right? Can you share about that a little bit? Yeah, we've done uh, actually two projects that we got grants from the Community Foundation to plant trees. And so our community is on a boulevard, and it's just a very beautiful street full of uh, historic homes. Used to be a golf course, so <laughs> there's the history. Uh, of it, apparently a golf course, and then a park, and then a neighborhood. That's my understanding. And so all of the trees were built in like the night, or all the trees, all of the houses were built in the 1930s and 1940s. And so they're all just really uh, historic, a lot of character. And uh, the boulevard had a lot of really big, beautiful trees from when it was a golf course and a park. Well, over the last 20, 30 years, a lot of them had started dying and uh, nobody had been replacing them. And so we have quite the walkable community and the hospital is right there. So we always have employees on their lunch break taking walks. Our community is just, there's a lot of kids in there. So the parents are out, kids are riding their bike down the street, like quintessential sort of neighborhood. And uh, so I thought, we gotta, we gotta plant some trees that take forever to grow. If we don't plant any trees in 30 years, there'll be nothing here. It'll be like every other ugly suburb in America. And uh, so we did a grant application for the Community Foundation, I think 2018, and did the first phase where we infilled the boulevard, the center boulevard, and planted 18 trees then. And then in the spring, we are awarded a second phase from the Community Foundation, and we're planting 20 trees on the right of way. So either the right or the left side of the street um, in the tree lawn we're gonna be infilling those trees. And we actually worked with the um, every neighborhood and or every house and asked them, do you want a tree? Do you not want a tree? We're staking them out so they can have some ownership in exactly where they want them in the lawn and then uh, we'll plant them in October. So Awesome. Well, what kind of trees are they? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Like, You've like, asked this question twice now. I know. What, what kind of trees? Okay. I'm sure there has to be some research yeah. I went with it. I feel like you were really, maybe I'm you sure. missed your calling. You should have been a landscape <laughs> architect. Maybe. Really maybe. I mean, I enjoy pretty things. Yes. I don't like to get my hands dirty either. Okay. Uh, well, I can tell you that 
in the center, they're all trees that yellow have yellow leaves in the fall. So we have uh, a ginkgo bilboa. Uh, we have uh, a linden. And see, we had them all by their um, Latin names. So I know it's okay. Tilia cordata. Okay. But I'm, that's some sort I'm of. I'm Googling right now, listeners. <laughs> some sort of linden tree and uh, maple tree. Those okay. are the center ones. So they're bigger scale trees because the center boulevard is larger. And we don't want to tear up any of the utilities or streets or whatever. Okay. On the side, we're planting uh, two different species of maple that turn orange and red in the fall and a eastern red bud. Cool. So. Cool. Well, now we can get off the, the trees. The, the, the more you know, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michelle, this has been awesome. The way we wrap up every episode, though, I know you got little kids, so this might not be that exciting. Uh, <laughs> but we want to know what you're watching and reading. So give us a couple recommendations. <laughs> well, what I'm watching seems to be Baby Bum. <laughs> <laughs> Against my will, I might add. But uh, the show that I love to watch, I just love documentaries. I watch PBS documentaries all the time. I mean, probably four times a week. <laughs> and uh, I also love Oliver Stone's uh, The Untold History of the United States. That was on Netflix for a while. I think they took it off in the because they rotate through. But that's an amazing documentary. It might be my favorite. Um, and it's quite interesting because the history there is more of a world perspective. Uh, of the United States history than a U.S. perspective. And so there are a lot of things that I kind of learned maybe around the fringe of some of the things you hear in the history books that I thought were just really interesting. And what I'm reading, I just finished a book. What was it? It was so good. Uh, I'm, I'm reading. <laughs> uh, oh, I did the... Um, it's the... It's like the girl and she's <laughs> has an orange cover. There's a bird involved, maybe a bird. I gave it to my grandma to read because it was so good. Oh. She broke her arm. I thought she could do something with it. It's like, uh, I'm going to say, well, yeah. listeners, if we come up with that thing, we'll put it in the show notes. In the show notes. Yeah. Something about a mockingbird? No, maybe not. Well, to, to land this plane, I, I think what we're going to do is we, we would love our listeners to like us uh, and to subscribe uh, to us and to tell your friends about us. So, Michelle, you've been awesome. And thank you so much. Thank for, you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks for landing here. Uh, we're, we're really excited to have you as part of the community. And if you ever need a guest interviewer, you just let me know. Right. You'd yes. be great at it. So thank you so much. Yes. And, have a good day. Uh, we'll look forward to listening to this on the podcast. Thanks, Michelle.